get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games It's a double-edged sword, the rest and the rust. How will the Winnipeg Blue Bombers navigate this final month of the regular season now that they've locked up first place in the West? Welcome inside Bonfire Midweek. Lots to get to on the program today. First uh, to get right into it, Zach, Zach, uh, Zach Schnitzer. Zach mm. Kolaris will not dress Saturday night in Vancouver. Your thoughts, Schnitz? Well, I called that buddy on After Dark, didn't I? You did. You did. <laughs> no, what actually happened is you called it. So, yeah, well done. You know, it seems to be the same maybe strategy as last year, right? They lock it up weeks and weeks early, and they take out Zach on a road game and then play him. Well, last last year they had two road games to finish out, right? They had Montreal and then Calgary. Right. So they played Zach in the Calgary game for, you know, four series. I think he threw for th 73 yards or something and they pulled him. So are they doing something similar here? Are you surprised they pulled Zach? No, I'm not surprised. And really what I want to dive into today on the show is the strategy the Blue Bombers will employ through these two final games, two bye weeks with the West final scheduled one month from tomorrow. That is November 13th. IG field will be rocking. I walked through the bomber store today, Zach, on my way to practice. Phones are just ringing. Oh, awesome. The headsets are locked in. The, the staff is, is uh, gearing up big time because uh, that is the hottest ticket in town right now it's not the winnipeg jets home opener with uh you know against captain jacob truba and the new york rangers it is that west final still a month away but um in the winnipeg blue bombers um you know journey here to a third straight gray cup championship that's what they want obviously they want they have to make sure they navigate their four remaining games i'm sure they're hoping to play four more games two against bc one in the west final and then ultimately the 109th gray cup in regina for those that that aren't exactly sure what's happening in the month ahead let's be perfectly clear they play in vancouver on saturday night it's a 9 p.m start bonfire game day after dark will be a go some special guests Maybe one, maybe two, as uh, Zach will be uh, fully on dad duty. Too late for me, folks. I can't I yep. can't uh, possibly function the next day if I do that post-game at midnight. Sorry. but I love we, you, we but you're not be... the number one priority. You're like 1B, folks. What? You're 1B, Sandy. I thought the Bombers were your number Kevin. one priority. I really almost, did. Almost. Almost. Yeah, you know, Kolaris uh, so, is getting arrest. The the uh, the other Zach and then this Zach, number one Zach, is getting arrest. So okay, so double Zach rest on Saturday. Uh, we'll call it the the Blue Bomber Sabbath uh, on Saturday uh, in, nice. in Vancouver. Uh, but so the Bombers play in Vancouver, 
This weekend, they then have a bye. They're then home to the BC Lions on Friday, October 28th. And then because they locked down first place in the West Division, they will have a playoff bye. Who is going to play in the West semifinal? It will be the Stamps and the Lions. Still to be determined is, is that game in Vancouver or is that game in Calgary? And that too leads into the strategy the Winnipeg Blue Bombers will employ over the next month because they face BC twice. Calgary, who does Calgary have? Calgary has, they're home to Hamilton this week. They are in Saskatchewan for week 20. And then they're home to Saskatchewan in week 21. The Riders, albeit a small margin, still have an opportunity to finish in the crossover third place in the East Division. Things are still wide open over there in the East. Toronto's nine and six. Montreal is seven and eight. They should be eight and seven, but they don't uh, did, get me started on that. In this past week, Somebody's Hamilton's pocketbook is, is lighter because they figured, of course, Montreal's going to tune up the listless Ottawa Red Blacks with, right. with a, you know, Bob Dice interim coach. Come on, you guys. Yes. Well, Indeed. Uh, the Thai Cats are 5-10. and 10. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders are 6-10. and 10. The Riders need to finish with a better record than the third-place team in the East. They cannot be tied and uh, have a, you know, a point differential or a tiebreaker. Their win-loss record needs to be better than the third-place team in the East. It could end up being Montreal. It, I, I don't think it'll be... Toronto, but it technically could be Toronto. It's very likely going to be Hamilton that will be third place, whether they um, will be in uh, in that West or East semifinal or whether Saskatchewan will cross over, still to be determined. But Calgary's got two games against the Riders who are motivated to win. The Bombers have two games against the Lions. Uh, Winnipeg, obviously less motivated to win, but BC definitely motivated to win. And Calgary will host Hamilton this week prior to those two games against Saskatchewan to be clear as mud of how this next month will go uh, around the CFL. Coming up on the program, we're going to talk about Zach Kolaris, Drew Brown, Dakota Prukop, uh, and others. Part of that strategy of giving the number twos, the backups, the whatever you want to call it. Everybody's a starter, according to Mike, Mike O'Shea. But according to Bonfire Sports, there are starters and there are number twos. Uh, we will talk about giving some of those twos legit game reps and who might need a rest going into this final stretch of the season. How is the health of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? Why is a healthy Donald Rutledge Jr. on the practice roster? Where is rookie JT or TJ Hassel? Is he back in yeah. Florida? What happened what there, buddy? Says. Uh and uh, we're also going to go around the Canadian Football League, look back on week uh, 18, ahead to week 19, and, and all the other games that uh, will have playoff implications. Believe it or not, the Ottawa Red Blacks are they're not eliminated. They're still alive. They're Someone still here in the alive. chat saying they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, and then also, of course, uh, we have a prize package that we're going to give away in time for yeah. the holidays from TSV. We're going to lump it all together uh because it has some good holiday stuff and i will tease one part of the prize package there's there's four items i'll tease the first of four tonight i do want to get to one comment here darren because it pertains to this playoff picture uh, olamem uh one bird 
says if the Lions beat the Stamps in the West semifinal, the Bombers' route to the Grey Cup could be BC by BC by BC. Bye bye. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It would That's be so funny, man. Yeah. It would true. be BC in Vancouver by BC in Winnipeg by BC in Winnipeg by. So, yeah. you know, may, maybe the, uh, maybe the BC lions just end up, uh, you know, grabbing a hotel on Pemina highway and, uh, and practicing, you know, practicing in the city of Winnipeg. I'm joking, of course. Well, but let me know I, where, because I'll, I'll go there with my bull bell and my, uh, my horn and I'll keep them awake all night. Cause a tired lion does the claws aren't so sharp. Right. So, right. Sandy's saying it sounds like it could be a soap opera. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's lots yeah, to get to. And, and, and first things first, uh, great comment from comet who is watching live on youtube what's up everybody watching us live right now if you're watching afterwards thanks for joining us as well head over to youtube.com slash bonfire sports subscribe give us a thumbs up helps us out uh, a whole bunch uh comet asks did coach o'shea anoint drew brown as the starter why not dakota prukop stepping to number one asks comet well first things first he did not anoint a starter but it's clear as day that Drew Brown will get the start. They could play Dakota Pruk up that first snap, but sure. they want to see what Drew Brown has. When it yeah. comes to short yardage, Dakota Pruk up is the guy. But when Zach Kolaris got pulled from the game earlier this season and Winnipeg needed to score, Dakota Pruk up did not come in. Drew Brown came in. Drew Brown is Winnipeg's QB2. Zach Kolaris is QB1. He will always be QB1. Drew Brown is the backup. Dakota Prukop, despite being a more experienced quarterback in professional football and in the CFL, he is the short yardage package quarterback. Yes, he can throw. Yes, he can run the offense. Yes, I think we will see a fair share of Dakota Prukop, not just this week, but in the coming weeks in Winnipeg's regular season. Um, but when it comes, it, like if Winnipeg does not have a healthy Zach Kolaris or a dressed Zach Kolaris like it will be in Vancouver this week, Zach, no question, Drew Brown is the Bombers' number two. Well, who who here doesn't want to see what Drew Brown can do as the bonafide starter getting all the, maybe all the practice reps? I don't know, Darren, how much of the reps... I would assume he'd get all the first team reps. Zach doesn't need any reps. So I would love to see what this guy could do. And I saw someone on the chat say they wouldn't be surprised to see Drew Brown beat the BC Lions on the road. Oh, the, I, this isn't I a huge downgrade. Look, right? if, you were watching, if you were watching Bonfire Sports two, three months ago, when we started things in the 2022 season, what did I say? Drew Brown will be a starting quarterback in the CFL one day. He will start this weekend, but I mean, he will be a starting quarterback of a CFL team someday. He has what it takes. He has the physical tools, the mental tools. I'm going to play a clip from him on game day, Winnipeg with Chris Walby on Friday afternoon. I am nothing but impressed Every time I hear Drew Brown speak, he is confident, he is composed, he is ice cold uh, in, in just how he carries himself, right? 
never too high, never too low. And then you watch him play in the game. He can make all the throws. He's smart. He processes quickly and he's athletic. He has all of the tools and all of the intangibles from what I'm told by other people that are closer to him to be a starting quarterback. I think the sky's the limit for Drew Brown and he's going to show uh, not just us watching, but his teammates, his coaches, what he can do with a lot of reps, not a spot duty here and there or a preseason game. BC's trying to win. BC's defense is talented, especially the defensive secondary. They are going to get the best of Drew Brown, and this is a great opportunity for him uh, on Saturday night. Well, and you got to think that if you're BC and you want to win, right? You're hungry to maul the Bombers at home. You know, look what they did to you before when they had Nathan Rourke, right? They beat him by over 20 points. They want to get revenge, and they want to get a home playoff game. Of course they do. And if I'm the BC Lions defensive coordinator, Darren, and uh, fire starters, by the way, we already have 100 here. This this bonfire is lit. I'm. It's actually a little bit, I'm a bit overheated here. Um, I'm going to take off my hat, you know. Woo, woo. Listen, am I not stacking the box against a power run team and making Drew Brown beat me with my arm and mixing coverages and trying to fool the kid? I don't know if they can. Like, like I, I'm quite confident Drew Brown and and uh, I think it was Fritchie who said uh, they're gonna Bucks gonna script. You know, they often script the first 10, 15 plays of of a game, right? I imagine that that Sometimes. Drew Brown is going to start reasonably well, Darren. I don't, you know, I don't see him throwing ducks or getting picked off early. I would expect him to hold his own. I'm not going to say he's going to go for a touchdown right away, but. We will see. I'm fascinated to see what he could do. We will see. I have a ton of confidence in Drew Brown because I can hear the way his, the teammates talk about him, that room, uh, you know, Dakota Prukop speaking about, Zach Kolaris and Drew Brown. Drew Brown speaking about his teammates, speaking about Buck Pierce. Um, You know, Winnipeg's quarterback room has not been this strong in a long, long time because they have a very experienced veteran and maybe the best player in the CFL today in QB1. They have a young, talented, dynamic QB2. They have an experienced veteran uh, with some serious legs and great uh, short yardage ability and a good arm, uh, you know, has been an effective quarterback uh, in this league before in QB three. And then they got Buck Pierce, who is showing to be a dynamic play caller. Uh, Very sharp, very smart. You know, Ed Tate wrote a very interesting uh, piece or part of his piece on, uh, upon further review on the Blue Bombers website, Great talking piece. about how they drew that play up yeah. that had Dakota Prukop throwing a touchdown to Brady Oliveira. Uh, I'll let you in on a little secret, Zach. Did you know this? Hmm. Richie Hall and Buck Pierce each worked with the Winnipeg Rifles this past offseason. No Talked with their offensive and defensive coaches, worked with them, walked through some plays, did some film. Uh, you know, uh, the pros uh, taught the elite amateurs and, and gave them a lot of insight. But those elite amateurs in the Winnipeg Rifles, who play Sunday, by the way, at IG Field, 3 p.m. kickoff, more info, riflesfootball.com. Cool. You want to be at the game, yeah. uh, and, and we'll, we'll talk more about that later. But those elite amateurs in a premier program in Canadian junior football, the Winnipeg Rifles, they actually showed 
the Bombers coaches some things. No way. No joke. The Bombers coaches, not to get too specific, but they were like, that's a great idea. I think I have a way to implement that into my playbook. So not only is Winnipeg talented on offense, the O-line, the running backs, the receivers, the quarterback, the good play calling in Buck Pierce, but they also have a culture of um, to be innovative. Yeah. And to not be stuffy and stuck in their ways. They will try new things. And I think that makes them extremely, extremely dangerous. Uh, it it well, goes beyond, yeah. oh, let Prukup run a play. They're drawing things up on day three of practice and using them if the time is right in the game. Uh, you know, Winnipeg's defense awesome, was the strength Derek. of their team last year. The offense, the offense, I would say, is the strength of their team this year. Well, listen, let's let's just get. I mean, I'll I'll sprinkle in some of my sober second thoughts because you're 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 teasing yeah, them up anyway, right? Yeah. Like that Ed Tate piece upon further review is is brilliant, and it's exactly what you said. Like it doesn't surprise me that these coaches, these professional coaches who have the best offense in the CFL, are not, you know, too arrogant or or you know, not too in their head. To, to to not take some advice from you know people at a at a different level of football and and that open mindedness I mean man wouldn't we like that in all our bosses and all our leaders I mean we we say hey this is what works for me and they're like hey let's give it a shot and, and just by the way Olamim asked about BC's run defense it's kind of middle of the pack it's not the best not the worst so I I think we can run on them but if they if they scheme against the run. Um, you know, any team who stacks the box, it's hard to run against. But I have this Ed Tate piece up because one of my concerns last week from my sober second thought was uh, three times in a row, uh, Dakota Prukop was second and medium, second and four, second and five, and he got stuffed by Hamilton and he got stuffed by Saskatchewan. So I was a bit concerned about that. What does he do to basically put the game away, Darren, last week to make it 28 to eight? It's second and four. Zach Kalara starts in shotgun. He runs to the right out to the flats. He's just standing there. <laughs> Drew Brown gets it. Pressure in his face. Two guys like literally right in his face. And he throws an absolute dime to Brady Oliveira in the corner of the end zone. Who's also um, like he's not covered tightly, but there's two DBs right there. He basically, it's a walk-in touchdown. And how did that play come about? I have pulled up the Ed Tate article here. Upon further review, it starts with Zach Kolaris. And here's what he says. It's unique. I haven't really been part of a room like the one Buck has put together since my days in Hamilton. I've always said about Buck that one of the things I love about him and it's a great trait for a leader is he's open-minded. He listens not just to me, but to everybody in the room. If it's a good idea, we're going to see if it works in rep and in practice. And basically, that play in particular that Drew, um, that, that Prukop threw, him and, mm -hmm. him and Drew Brown had been talking about it uh, the night before he sent me something. And the night before the game, he sent me something, an RPO run pass option style play, and said, this is really cool. I think we could do this. And I said, Zach Kalara says, yeah, especially this week with the fronts, Edmonton runs. Is there an echo that coming from me? I, I don't hear any. Oh, apparently people are hearing an echo. Yeah. Um, but just, just for clarity's sake, 
Uh, Drew Brown spoke about it today. It was the night oh, before day three of practice. Oh, they then day implemented it on day Unbelievable, three. Unbelievable, man. Yeah, it's crazy. It's and crazy. then and then Zach says, you know, Zach decided it should be Prue Crop who throws it because of uh, I believe he said it's it, it's the run threat he had because he's a run right. threat. Dakota should do it. He'd be better. Like this is the best. This is the MOP of the league for the Blue Bombers. Zach Kolaris, touchdown leader, probably will be yardage leader. We can talk about that later. He delegates a brilliant play call to the third string quarterback. Yep. Like that is Zach Kolaris. There's another leader, right? So they bring it to Buck. He likes it. And again, doesn't surprise me that they're listening to peoples from the rifles organization rifle up. They're not too high and mighty. If it's a good idea, it's a good idea, right? That's what a good leader is. They, yeah. It's not about their ego. It's about the mission. What's like, it's that's ultimate FIFO man for a coach. Right. Yeah. Like, Oh, I love it, man. That is such a great anecdote, Darren. I, I just love it. And, and there you see it work perfectly. That basically was the burning point. Puts it away. Done like dinner skewered the Elks. They're out of, they're out of play uh, playoff contention. Yeah, nearly another 50-burger the Bombers yeah. put up in that 48-11 victory. It was uh, really something. Um, I want to pull up the CFL West Division standings. Here we go. Now I think they're a little bit bigger for people to see. You see Winnipeg. They've obviously locked up first place in the West at 14-2. and two. There's BC and Calgary tied for second at 10-5. and five. Calgary has Hamilton at home this week and then a home and home with a motivated Saskatchewan Rough Riders team that is fighting for their playoff lives. I will remind people, the Grey Cup is in Regina this year. They are not going to roll over and give up on their season. Anything can happen in the playoffs, but you got to get in. We've seen it time and time again in the CFL. So that's Calgary, okay? Hamilton, Sask, Sask. BC, meanwhile... Also fighting for that home playoff game. It will be Calgary versus BC in the West Division semifinal. BC has Winnipeg this weekend in Vancouver. They are then in Edmonton and in Winnipeg. So they are going to be fighting hard to win this weekend because their final two games are on the road. What will that final game of the season look like in Winnipeg, Zach? It could be a very tough one as well. But the strategy Winnipeg could employ over this final stretch of the season is this. Football is all about contingency. If your number one guy goes down, you better have the next man up, geared up, and ready to go. Winnipeg has a game, a bye, a game, and a bye, and then the West Final. How you navigate this next month will be critical. And it goes beyond Zach Kolaris. It goes to the offensive line and the defensive line. It goes to the linebacking core and the running backs. It goes to the defensive backfield and the receivers and everything in between, including those special teamers. The Blue Bombers have employed a great ratio, eight Canadians, even nine Canadians, nine Canadians. at times this season. So yep. they have flexibility to put different guys at different places. They can mess around with the designated import. They can mess around with their, their ratio a little bit. 
what could this final stretch of the season look like? Well, we don't know until the game is actually played. When the games are meaningful, you wait until depth chart day, the day before the game. You wait until Chris Walby jumps on bonfire for game day Winnipeg and you get the details. But Zach, it's going to be different for these final two games because Winnipeg's depth chart might tell you who's dressing, but it's not going to tell you who's going to play. Right. Okay. Desmond Lawrence acquired via free agency just recently by the Blue Bombers uh, was the Hamilton Tiger Cats most outstanding rookie in 2021. They cut him a month ago. Here he is in Winnipeg. He could get some work at yep. corner or at halfback. Alden Darby acquired via trade. He could get work at the dime back, at halfback, at corner. Tyrell Ford, the Canadian rookie, could get work at corner on the far side of the field. Jamal Parker has been that corner on the far side of the field. He could move in to halfback and maybe give Dietrich Nichols a rest. There is lots of things that they could do, let alone safety, let alone receiver, let alone offensive yep. line. Jamarcus Hardrick, Stanley Bryant, Pat Newfeld, all veteran guys that could take a rest. Play a little bit of Liam Dobson. Play a little bit of Michael Couture back at center or Couture at guard or Colin yep. Kelsey at guard. Kick Jeff Gray out to tackle. Yes, right? absolutely. You can, lots, you can do lots of different things. Great news and a little bit of uh, news for uh, this Wednesday, Zach. Malik Clements returned to practice this week. Les Maruo, Shane Gauthier, Jesse Briggs, and Malik Clements are all options to not just play weak side, but play middle linebacker if you want to give Adam Big Hill some rest. What I see Winnipeg doing strategically over the next three weeks and two games is a near, I won't say near constant rotation. I nearly did. But a it will be a very measured rotation of guys into playing opportunities where they can go against a team that is trying to win and they are going to try to win. Nothing changes. Winnipeg is going to try to go 1-0 this week, 1-0 in week 21. They're going to try to go 1-0 following their playoff bye in the West Final. But yep. right now, you can put Tyrell Ford as a Canadian rookie at corner and see how he does against a Keon Hatcher or a Javon Katoy. You can move Jamal Parker from corner to halfback and put him up against Lucky Whitehead or Brian Burnham. I know Burnham's been banged up uh, as of late. Um, you know, you can do different things and see how the guys respond. But once the game comes November 13th, and I'm sure, of course, they're going to want to be at that game in November 20th in Regina, if they need to, they can move on and, and uh, move on to that number two guy. Yep. And it's not like, well, yeah, I've dressed every game this year, but I haven't really played much. People now are they, calling you now. The people are calling you the mad scientist right now and calling me rapper chain boy, Bailey Weeb 17. <laughs> By the Bailey. way, welcome, welcome, Alana Tanner. I, uh, I don't think I've ever seen you on here. So, welcome to the show. Glad to have a new person. I know we have new people nice. by the by the boatload every week. So, that's great, Darren. I, I love what I'm hearing because, because as a fan, the, you're basically able to have a preseason game against live bullets, but it's not preseason because the other team's trying to crush you. And this is a great way to see wh who fits where 
in case somebody goes down, in case a God, God forbid, a uh, Winston Rose goes down. So who's going to go to that boundary corner if he goes down? Who's the guy that can step in? Who's the guy can step in at a boundary halfback if Dietrich Nichols goes down? Who can step in for Adam Big Hill? Is it going to be Shane Goche? You know, is it going to be Les Moreau? Is it going to be Jesse Briggs? They and 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 again, uh, Stanley Bryant. If you want to rest him, you know, can Jeff yeah. Gray hold his own? Jamarcus Hardrick. Around, uh, Jamarcus Hardrick, who had a. I rewatched up. the game. Yeah. Man, did he have a good game last? I know he came out for a bit. I think they were just taking precautions. But man, on a couple of those touchdown passes, Hardrick was just manhandling people. So give other guys a chance. We we have this luxury of time and buys for guys to get healthy. I mean, it's it's a team, it's a scenario that any team would dream of, right? And then you've got yeah. this Desmond Lawrence, rookie of the year for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I don't know what we make of them cutting him. Uh, you know, Keon Adams was left in the scrap heap. Look what he did last week. He had that funny sack against uh, against uh, Taylor Cornelius where he wrapped him up and wasn't sure what quite what to do. But he gets a sack in his first game, Darren. I yeah. mean, let's see what Desmond Lawrence could do. Maybe he's a stud. Look what happened in 2019. Mercy Baston, Nick Taylor off the scrap heap from Edmonton. You've said yourself, we well, we've seen what Nick Taylor Winston can do. Rose. Winston Rose from BC. Tied for the CFL lead in interceptions with the BC Lions right. with five that you put year. Them, you put them in this system with uh, Brandon Alexander calling the shots. Like, I know it was against Edmonton, okay, and uh, Cornelius can't hit the broadside of a barn. We won't get into the Cornelius uh, uh, debate again, Darren. No, but, <laughs> but Jamal Parker, you see him developing each week. Heck, maybe Evan Holm keeps developing well. Yep. I mean, have you ever seen a team, Darren, and I'm biased because I'm a bomber nut. Have you ever seen a team perform at this elite level with this much depth and injury, especially on defense? To like, answer I, your question, yes. Okay. I have because I watched the Calgary Stampeders very closely right. over the last roughly decade. When Kyle, Kyle Walters has said it straight yeah. up, Mike Wal yeah. Michael Shea has said it straight up. When times were in the rebuild here in Winnipeg, they wanted the Calgary Stampeders model. Yeah. Consistency, high level of play, talent, and a continual influx of talent every year. That's what we have in Winnipeg now, and it's working. The, the Stampeders were very similar. Like, remember those seasons where they were just, nobody could touch them? Yeah. Now, did they manage their end of season and, and playoffs properly? Maybe, maybe not. But they didn't get the results they wanted often, right? Because they really only came away with uh, a couple championships when they could have had a heck of a lot more. Should have had at um, least four, right, under Bo Levi Mitchell. Um, yeah. So... How, you know, did Winnipeg learn from those lessons? Absolutely. Did they learn sure lessons they from the Toronto Argonauts uh, going from a non-playoff team? Mark Tressman takes over and then, you know, they make a run through the playoffs. Did they learn from the Ottawa Red Blacks going from an 8-9-1 record to winning the Grey Cup? Did they learn from the BC Lions in 2011 starting 0-5 and, and winning the Grey Cup? You got to learn. Like, yeah. that's why good coaches have been around. That's why good teams have that experience. The Richie Halls, the Danny McManuses, you know. Ted Gavaya. Well, and where did Huffnagel learn that? 
Well, we talked about that earlier. Will Huffnagel learned it from Cal Murphy. Yeah. So it's come around, folks. It's come around 360. You know, history repeats itself. Things things happen in uh, cycles, right? So, listen, we get we get the luxury, Darren, and I'm not, I'm not sure I can stay up the whole game, but <laughs> I'm gonna watch the first half uh, with wide eyes, like they're saying you were having as you were talking about strategy. Uh, the people saw this this Darren amped up, and I, I love it, Darren. I love the intensity, stoking the fire. I I mean, what a delight! There, there's no stakes in the game. You just get to sit back and watch the team play around with different personnel packages and see what these guys can do. Yep. It's like, it's like a preseason game, but it's way, way more fun. Not to mention Darren. And, and I think this is important as a fan. It might not be important uh, to reporters and to the media. I'm not sure, but this team, if they can even split with BC, have a chance to break the bombers win total record. This is a storied franchise. If you know your history, it was the Winnipeg Blue Bombers who were the first Western team to win the Grey Cup. It was always played in the East. They won it in 35, Darren. They went undefeated. I know. I think I'm echoing again, but I've got all my I've got all my uh, settings correct. So I don't know what's going on, folks. Sorry. Um, Sound good to me. This this is a storied franchise. Right, they won that first uh, Western Grey Cup, which actually they were the first team to have American imports. Mm-hmm. And if they hadn't won that Grey Cup, we may not have a CFL. We probably don't. If you if you know your history, right? So this is a storied franchise that's been around since 1930, and they have a chance to get their biggest win total in the history of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Right. And if they win both, they tie Edmonton for, for the most wins ever in an 18-game season with, with 16. I think that's pretty cool, and I would love to see them win one of two. And and it depends on if BC's resting players in that, in that uh, last game on October 28th, which I believe is 90s night, if I'm not mistaken. Darren, uh, you know, like this is 15, 15 and 3. You you raise an interesting point right. about, you know, all types of records, right? Dalton Schoen, Brady Oliveira hitting a thousand, uh, Nick Dembski hitting a thousand combined, Zach Kolaris's touchdown numbers, whatever. I, I want to get to a couple comments and questions people sent me on Twitter or on the Bonfire Hotline. You see it right there. 204-816-TIPS. That's 816-8477. Standard message rates apply. Ask a question. Shoot off your hot take. Uh, we will get to it. I always respond. Um, so uh, this is SNIS on Twitter says, well, if Zach Kolaris isn't playing this week, it means he probably won't jump into 10th spot on the Bomber all-time list right. uh, as far as passing yards. He trails Tom Burgess, um, you know, by 200 and, or sorry, 350 yards, right? I don't know if he would hit that in one game, if, like, you know, because he won't play this week. And, and you just mentioned the 15 wins and, and this, that, and the other. Here's the thing. You have to dig that number up and be like, well, where is Zach Kolaris rank? Well, how many touchdowns did Perry Tuttle have? Well, did, did, is Dalton Schoen going to hit that mark? How many rushing yards did Andrew Harris have in 2019? Nobody remembers. And inside that Bombers locker room, nobody cares. You know what they care about? Yep. They want a ring. They want a ring. They want a championship. 
because that's all that people remember. That's all that players and coaches remember. That's all that matters. They want a championship. So if it comes down to Brady Oliveira needing 15 yards and it's the fourth quarter in a blowout game and you got the playoffs on tap, do you really need to play them? I mean, I understand some, some players have, you know, performance bonuses in their contracts and those sorts of things. That's one thing. I'm talking about the team doing what the team is built to do. Want to know every week, yep. as Mike Shea says, and the ultimate goal. And that's a great cup championship. And that's what David Fraze said lower down in the chat, right? My good buddy, David, who sits behind me and laughs at me yelling at Buck Pierce, because I think I know better, right? It, well, the only thing that matters, it's not 15 wins, buddy. It's it's the Grey Cup. Yeah. This team wants Drake to have to make a new song because back-to-back won't cut it. He's got to make a new song this this winter. Back-to-back-to-back. Back-to-back. After the 2021 Grey Cup, uh, and and you can see this interview on Bonfire Sports uh, YouTube page, if you go find it from this past November, on the field following the win in Hamilton, I asked Willie Jefferson about the dynasty that could be. And, you know, know, two in a row being pretty special. And he said, we're trying to be like the Lakers. Well, now they're trying to be like the Chicago Bulls and win three in a row, back to back to back. Yeah. Right. It's pretty rare that it happens in football. Uh, You know, it's happened in the Canadian Football League before with uh, With Edmonton Edmonton winning five straight. Way back. Um, But the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have that opportunity. And, And worth mentioning with this, too. The Blue Bombers and the city of Winnipeg and the province of Manitoba are bidding to bring the Grey Cup yes. to IG Field in either 2024 or 2025. It's in Regina this year. It's back in Hamilton again in 2023, but 24 and 25 could be back here in Winnipeg. I hope, Darren, and I wanted to mention this when you brought it up because uh, I, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's a no-brainer, obviously, right? 2024, I would rather have 2024 because that's closer to the to the elite level that we are right now, right? You know, that if it's if it's in two years, it's more likely that Zach Kolaris is still in his prime. It's more likely that maybe stretching it, but but biggies, you know, maybe right at the tail end, Stanley Bryant, uh Jamarcus Hardrick, these guys aren't gonna last forever, right? So 2024, boy, could you imagine? seeing your team win a Grey Cup at home or just even play in a Grey Cup at home. I was in yeah. Hamilton last year, as were you. I mean, that that game didn't turn in their favor, but but it was electric. It was 95% Hamilton fans, black and yellow. They People were going to still talk about 2013. 2013. Oh, I was there too, man. And I was there, well, 2012, I was there in Toronto at that home Grey Cup. That that felt more like watching a, a, a game in an aircraft hangar. But sure. um Anyway, yeah, l- listen, us having the Grey Cup uh, when we're good, because 2015, we were, what, 5-13? and 13? We weren't even close. But uh, I-, I-, I hope I hope it's 2024, and I hope we're still playing, you know, around this level, Darren. That would be super cool. I know Heather Stephenson said they're going to – they're forking in a little more money than, than Hamilton and Saskatchewan have recently, so they're really going for it. Absolutely. You, you might as well. Yeah. Right? There's no reason not to. Um, wanted to get to, to a couple more uh, comments on Twitter um, and on the Bonfire Hotline. 
Before we do that, though, let's quickly go around the Canadian Football League. And I mean quickly. Uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats captured victory at home over the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, 18-14. To, that was an absolute crushing loss for yeah. Saskatchewan. Their playoff hopes went from okay to pretty slim. Yeah, they're circling the drain, buddy. And most uh, people on here would say they're they're down the drain, but technically still circling. The uh, first game on Saturday, prior to the Bombers Elks game, was BC in Toronto. I was surprised by this result. The Argos coming away with a twenty three twenty victory. Uh, that you know, BC had an opportunity uh, to move ahead of Calgary in the standings. They did not. Of course, the Elks. Uh, fell hard to the Bombers, 48-11. And uh, I think you do still have some more sober second thoughts on that I one, do. Zach. I do, uh, But before we get to that, uh, Red Blacks win for Bobby Dice, the Winnipeg native <laughs> head coaching on an interim basis in Ottawa. They capture a 24-18 victory over the Montreal Alouettes. Um, Ottawa's still got playoff hopes. Yeah. Man, the CFL's crazy. Uh, you know, and despite the fact that I, I mean, the only thing I hated about that was uh, Ottawa winning was the fact that I had 50 bucks on there. Um, I was sure Ottawa was just done, but uh, who knows? Sometimes it's that that interim head coach, that that new head coach that comes in and lights it up. Someone was saying maybe there was a new offensive coordinator or I guess not. a Well, technically it would, would have been uh, the guy behind Lapo. Lapo would have been calling plays. <laughs> How you doing? How you doing, girl? I was buzzed. I want to see this. Uh, I'm with uh, Fritchie. Bobby Dice is a beauty. He's a beauty. Like, I was happy to see uh, Bobby Dice. He's a you know a big Winnipeg guy. Uh, win one, so I lost fifty bucks. Whatever. Can, Rourke can we is talk not. About Rourke? Rourke, Rourke, sure. Like talk okay. about Rourke, Darren, because you have a good take on Rourke. So uh, as Fritchie mentions, uh, Nathan Rourke is practicing. Not exactly true. He is throwing, but he is not practicing. And watch the video on the BC Lions Twitter, okay? Watch the video and watch his feet. He's coming off a Liz Frank fracture, okay? Surgically repaired broken bone in his foot. It's a unique injury, but uh, some are able to come back quicker than others from it. Watch the video. Watch his feet. Nathan Rourke is not on his toes. He is throwing flat-footed. This is more of an arm workout than a leg workout, okay? Nathan Rourke is not practicing. He is throwing with his teammates. There's a huge difference. So basically My you're team, saying he's playing catch. Yeah, he's playing catch. Yeah. And yeah, he's dropping back a little bit, but like he's not jumping around. Quarterbacking is a lot more than just doing a three-step drop flat-footed and, and throwing the ball like we see Nathan Rourke doing on that video clip. And how much was he able to do? Was he able to do that for five minutes? We don't know how long he still needs to recover. What I do know, I don't know any specifics, but what I do know is they need to ensure they do not put Nathan Rourke in any sort of jeopardy. Yeah. If BC is going to win this year, do it with the guy leading the way right now. Yeah, Nathan Rourke would be a phenomenal storyline. And if he is even at 85%, he could probably help BC win. But for a 24-year-old who is absolute dynamite and has a very, very, very bright future ahead of him, you don't want to put his long-term health in jeopardy. 
I just don't see it as worth it. Somebody was no, tweeting it, at me today about, well, you know, I might be wrong, but have you said anything about, you know, players and concussions and should Zach Kolaris ever play again because he's suffered so many concussions? It's not the same thing. Okay. Uh, no. Every injury, like every, everybody who every injury is different. Back, you're putting yourself in danger. Yeah. You're putting yourself in some level of danger, right? If you're an offensive yeah. lineman, you might never suffer a concussion your entire life. But look at the case of Mike Webster and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Of course, the you know one of the uh, football players at the forefront of um, the concussion book and and movie by with Will Smith, right? Mike Webster probably never suffered a heavy blow concussion in his entire career, but it's that repetitive low impact blow to the head that can be just as, or even more damaging uh, than somebody that suffers, um, you know, those heavy blow concussions. The, the science is, is there, but it's also not definitive. So anytime you step on the field, you could break your leg. You could blow your knee, you could tear a ligament, you could pop your shoulder out, you could, um, you know, uh, slowly develop, um, you know, uh, uh, arthritis. Yeah. Right? No, you're, it would be silly to put him at risk because this is a guy that could be your franchise quarterback and put you in contention for a decade at least if he stays in the CFL. And yeah. an Amar Demand is a new owner. They're trying to build momentum. They're trying to get bums and seats on a regular basis at BC Place. If it even puts them at risk a little bit, do you think that fan base wants one gray cup? And then, you know, they're looking for a new quarterback for the next five years. Look at all the, like, look what Anthony, what happened with Anthony Calvillo, Darren. He goes like, how long have they been looking for? They're still looking for a quarterback. They've got Trevor Harris. They thought they had one in Verdon Adams. You don't play around with a with a with an elite quarterback. That is the number one need of a football team, especially in the CFL. You don't mess around. Uh, you know, you do you do not trade one gray cup for 10 years of not even being in contention if you don't even if you don't have a quarterback. This comment from uh, Transcona Poly I think is a little bit uh, asinine. Just calling it as I say it. Transcona Pauly says, if BC knows work is gone at the end of the season, why wouldn't they play him? Well, do you want to have a reputation of being a team that puts your athletes Guys at risk? risk. No. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to ensure Nathan Rourke's health is where it needs to be. That's at the best of times. When it comes to him coming back from injury, yeah, like players want to play. I get that. And if he's able to play and cleared to play and he wants to play, then let him play. But if there is any shadow of like, and this is, look, this, and, and this is the other thing too, is some people will be like, well, you're in Winnipeg. Of course you don't want Nathan Rourke to play. Like, give me a break. Zach, you're the super fan on this show. And I am an objective observer of this league. I take that objectivity extremely seriously i know you know that and those that have been watching for a long time and following my work over the last uh, 10 plus years in this league know that is the case um i'm concerned about the health of every player because this is their this is their job this is their uh living this is the way they provide for their families and provide for themselves and and feed mouths and uh an opportunity for them to for many of them to make better money 
playing football than they will in, in the other, the outside world. A lot of them just have a passion for it. They can play three years. They can play six. They can play nine or 12, all the power to them. If they want to do that, other guys, you know, aren't, aren't, inter- aren't interested in that. Or well, and, in that. well, and you got to think of the health of the CFL too, Darren, right? Like a healthy Nathan Rourke for the next decade for the CFL is massive. If that guy keeps playing at that level, you know, that gets eyes down south. It gets eyes uh, internationally, quite frankly. Um, I'm one of these people that kind of, that still kind of has a bit of hope for that global program. I, I like it. I, I know people in the UK who follow the CFL more closely because of the global program, people in Germany. So, um, by the way, hey, David Asplund, I see you and uh, look forward to you listening to the podcast, buddy. How's the beard coming along? But no, for sure. I, uh, as a Bomber fan, I want a three-peat. Is anyone in 10, 20 years going to care if we won it against Rourke or not? No. Is right. it? Does it make the path easier for us? Yes. Does part of me like that? Yes. I, I'm, a, I'm a diehard. I want to win a ring. I, I would, if, if Rourke is gone and it makes it easier, great. But do I want Rourke to put himself at risk? No. I mean, two things can be true at the same time. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, sometimes, sometimes it's hard for us husbands to uh, uh, accept that. <laughs> uh, anyway, Darren, can I? Can we just finish around the league by by talking about Dalton Schoen being the top performer and just yeah. absolutely ripping this league apart in his first year? Never played the waggle, <laughs> not from a Division One school, and this guy was oh, seven of eight. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. He's from Was a he Division One school. Yes, Kansas State. Well, okay, sorry. Well, as uh, as Gregory knows, I know jack squad about college football. It's but it's not like he was a draft high draft pick in the NFL. Let, let me let me just say drafted. Yeah. Well, there you go. He wasn't drafted. So, okay, that that's a string of wrongs. He was a walk on. Yeah. Maybe I should just stop talking. Anyway, but I, but <laughs> this is from CFL.ca, so it's fair. <laughs> Seven of eight receiving for career highs and yards, 162, three touchdowns, five second down conversion receptions, 37 total yards after the catch, second top performer honor. He was also a top performer in week five. Darren leads the league with 1,275 receiving yards and 14 receiving touchdowns. And let me just say this, what does he need to pass Perry Tuttle in the next two games? 99 yards. This guy can get 99 yards in a half. And 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 don't worry, it doesn't have to be from Zach Kolaris. It could be from Drew Brown for 65 yards. Doesn't matter. Right? So I, I'm lucky to see Sean break that record. I know it doesn't matter to Mike O'Shea, but boy, would I be excited to see Sean break that record. Right. It would be cool. All those records are great, you yeah. know, and, and all the power to them. Uh, you know, a couple people uh, mentioned some questions in the chat. Larry Ward, who's watching on YouTube. What's going on, Larry? Will Dalton Schoen be in the NFL next year? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Well, if you, if you, okay, let's compare him to Brandon Zilstra, because a lot of people were doing that. Brandon Zilstra's first year, he had a, like well over a thousand yards for Edmonton. He only had five touchdowns, by the way. Schoen has five, uh, 14 right now. But he, he played a couple of really good years in the, in the CFL and then got a crack with uh, Minnesota. He's from Minnesota. He was kind of around there, maybe played special teams, Darren, maybe played in the preseason. He ends up with the Panthers. 
he hasn't done a whole lot in the NFL, but but he's maybe a comparable. Um, so I one time randomly year... met his girlfriend in Palm Springs. I was at the park with my daughter, and uh, oh really? She saw my bombers hat, and she says, "Oh, are those the blue bombers?" She said it in an American accent. I'm like, yeah, how do you know about the Blue Bombers? Well, my husband or my boyfriend plays in the CFL. I'm like, oh, what's his name? Oh, I don't know if you know him, uh, Brandon Zilstra. And she sees my eyes pop. I'm like, you're Brandon Zilstra. You know who you're talking to? Yeah. You're talking to Zach Schnitzer, <laughs> CFL super fan. Yes. I know who Brandon Zilstra is. Of course I know who Brandon Zilstra is. Anyway, I, I think he gets a look, Darren. I think yeah. he gets a look. But as you know better than, than I those scouts, those staffs in the NFL, they sometimes have a bias. They have a guy that they've been looking at. That these guys all want to advance their careers. There's so much politics that goes into that. You can be an all-star player who can really make noise in the NFL. And you so just this don't is Brandon look, Zilstra's right? numbers from his two years in the Canadian Football League. Came off the practice roster, I presume, six games, 34 catches for 500 yards. 500 yards in six games, not bad uh, as a first-year player. Um, and then uh, had 100 catches for 1,687 yards and yeah. five touchdowns uh, in his first full season in Edmonton. Played 16 games. That That's a, a heck of a performance for him and, and that gave him an opportunity in the NFL for yeah. Dalton shown his numbers are better than that without the half season coming off the practice roster. He came to Canada. He won a starting job. He locked it down and he's been a producer from day one. Uh, I expect him to definitely have interest or get, or, you know, garner interest. Will he sign where he will sign we will see, but it's absolutely a distinct possibility. It's absolutely. a possibility, but it's it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if it just snuffs out. Dressler tried it. Fantuz tried it. Zilstra tried it. We've had a number of guys try it, right? L let me just, let, let me just uh, get to my sober second thought because we want to get to other things. By the way, stick around because I'm going to tease one of our uh, TSV one of four in our in our holiday prize package that will go to a lucky winner so stick around for that and we're, we're also going to get to our nfl picks our cfl picks but darren if i would have told you that we have by far the best offense in the cfl we went four for four yeah four touchdowns four drives game was over by by the second quarter if i would have told you our starting receivers at 14 and two were Bolo, Greg McRae, yeah. Dalton Schoen, Nick Dembski, and, and, and Rashid Bailey. Would anybody on this Firestarter chat or you have believed that we would be blowing teams out? And Edmonton is not a great team, but Edmonton is a team that's beaten some good teams. They haven't been rolled over. They gave Calgary a run for their money. They've beaten the Riders when the Riders were desperate. They beat Montreal. They beat Hamilton. This is a, you know, this is a team that was coming on. We blew out Saskatchewan twice. This is a team that, that blew out BC at the height of Nathan Rourke. Greg McRae, Brandon O'Leary-Orange, Dalton Schoen, three guys who you basically had never even heard of in April. Plus Dembski, most people had never heard of. Plus Dembski, of course, and 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 Rashid Bailey. You lose Lawler. You lose Agadosi, who looked like an absolute stud. You lose Greg Ellingson. And these guys are absolutely ripping teams apart. Are you freaking kidding me? 
Well, it, it goes to reason that Zach Kolaris is the CFL MOP. <laughs> well, yeah, right? It, I mean, it, it does look good on Zach Kolaris. But I want to talk about, I do want to talk about these. So, so four drives, four TDs, Thanksgiving, uh, delicious feast, right? 12 for 12 on second down in the first half, Darren. 100% on second down in the CFL. I mean, that's unheard of. Um, at one point in the second quarter, I looked up at the Jumbotron, if they still call it the Jumbotron. <laughs> I might be going uh, back. Uh, the quarterbacks, and it wasn't just Zach throwing, it was Prukop, too, and Brown. Uh, Brown didn't come in until later, so it was Prukop and, and Kolaris. 11 for 11 for 225 yards and four touchdown passes. That was the stat line for our quarterbacks in the, in the first half until he threw that pick. Like Zach was literally perfect. Prukop, perfect. This is your third string quarterback. Throws a dime to Nick Dembski on sort of what we like to call a trick play. Waits for him to get open. Has the patience. He didn't just throw it up there, man. So, and I, but, but what I actually want to talk about, we, we, we've talked about the receivers and the touchdowns. Let's talk about Brady Oliveira, Darren. Yeah. Because, I didn't fully appreciate what that guy brought on on Thanksgiving, uh, on the Thanksgiving game that locked up first place. The first touchdown pass, he throws an incredible block to allow Zach Claris to have time to hit uh, Dembski. Uh, the Prukop toss on second and short, Brady Oliveira throws an incredible block. That second touchdown um to that that Zach threw in the red zone. Well, he wasn't even in the red zone. I mean, what is the bombers red zone? The 40 yard line? So that's the that's the Zach Laris double pump fake where he literally looks like he's spiking the ball. He pump fakes it so hard. You gotta have time in the pocket to pump fake twice. Brady Oliveira again blocking. Right? And then you get that uh end of the first quarter, 33 seconds left. Uh, uh, first down play, Zach, the guy's all over him. He goes to his outlet, you know, the Matt Nichols special, what he used to do to Andrew Harris every play. Yeah. Goes to his outlet. Brady Oliveira pulls it literally off the turf and jukes one guy, jukes another guy, goes for like 20 yards, arguably the play of the game, I think, just in terms of skill. He, like, to, to make that catch off the turf, uh, protect the ball, look up, juke a few guys, run a few guys over. Like Brady Oliveira had a whale of a game, not to mention a touchdown catch from Prukop. The play had just been drawn up, and then he runs one in for a touchdown, 61 yards rushing. He had a healthy average. He has a you know great double-digit receiving yards. I just think Brady Oliveira is coming into his own, Darren. And let me just make sure... Let me make sure I have this right. He only needs 71 yards in the next two games to get a thousand. And again, I'm going to do this cliche. If you would have told me fire starters chime in here, Darren, when he was struggling and we were all calling for Augustine to come in, if you would have told me Brady Oliveira was going to be a thousand yard rusher and, and be like right up there and challenging probably who most people would say is the best running back in the league in Kadeem Carey for the rushing title. Are you freaking kidding me? 
Well, uh, I, I was listening this week to, to a couple of shows where uh, there was a game, I'm not sure which, where he, he had one play that kind of woke him up and he just smoked right. someone, right? Do you remember? I don't remember the details of who it was. It might have been Ed Ganey that he just, yeah. he just ran and he just smoked him. And then Kevin Burgoyne and the coaching staff were saying, Brady, oh, do what exactly. you do, right? See the hole and go. Stop, uh, you know, dithering in the backfield. And boom, this guy... <laughs> Look at the shoes he stepped into. Andrew Harris, hometown guy. He's coming into his own. Don't get too hyperbolic with the kid. He's played very, very well. He's, he's played very well. And and my mother-in-law thinks he's cute and he rescues dogs. I mean, look. Don't hurt. Doesn't hurt. But, the, but this guy is coming into his own. And he kind of looked like Andrew Harris to me. Caught a touchdown. Ran for a touchdown. Uh, makes a few guys miss on a on a big uh, first down where he should have had no came, business catching that ball. When it came to the debate of Brady Oliveira and and Johnny Augustine, we're seeing now, yeah, what we talked about when we said one has a much higher ceiling than the other. Johnny Augustine is a very very good football player, but Brady Oliveira is young and has a higher ceiling. And we're starting to see him climb the ladder towards it. Um, yep. He's been great. He's Trust been great. the mafia. He's, you know? Trust the mafia. They, they, they got rid of Andrew. Trust the mafia. They got oh. <laughs> rid of Andrew Harris at the exact right time. I hate to say it. He will always be a hero of mine, ring of honor guy. No question. Got rid of him at the perfect time. Brady Oliveira, they gave him time. They were patient with him, Darren. Not all organizations are patient like that. Look at Desmond yeah. Lawrence, rookie of the year. Then he's cut. We'll see. We'll see, right? So those were my highlights. And again, I have to eat some crow because I was worried about Prukop on those second and mediums. And what does he do this time? He throws an absolute beauty <laughs> to Brady Oliveira. So, of course, those are my highlights. Second part, I'm going to go through this quickly, is my concerns. So I watched the game the first time at the stadium. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What, what, what? Bombers beat Edmonton 48-11, lock up first concerns. place. Concerns. 14-2, and you have concerns. Of course. I'm okay, a nutcase. Let's hear them. Every bomber diehard always has concerns. What if Zach Kolaris gets hurt? What if Stanley Bryant goes down? What if Biggie's hurt? Um, what if Biggie's over the hill? But he's not. He These are your hurt. actual concerns? No, no, no. These are my concerns. Okay, so yeah, let's get to it. What, let's what get got? to it. Well, you interrupted me, buddy. Sorry. I'm I'm the one carrying this chain around all the time. So <laughs> we saw Jadarian Grant let a couple balls bounce. And the guys in my section, David, and a couple people were like, what is he doing? Now, I, I rewatched it. Again, you know, I bought, I brought up Grant last week too, right? So Jadarian Grant let the first one bounce. That was actually a perfect bounce. He played it perfectly. It, it went for a single. Any any returner wants something, one to go for a single, unless it's like the end of the game and you can't give up a point. You get the ball at the forty yard that ball line. Just dropped dead on on the two or whatever it was. Yeah, no, he but but you know the skills to know that that ball is going to go, it's going to bounce. He read it perfectly. It goes into the end zone. Single oh, point. I'll yeah. give you the single point, right? Another one though bounced on him, and it wasn't the greatest bounce. It goes well, back. That's what I'm talking about. The one yeah, that like that stopped dead on the two. Yeah, that that didn't look good on Janarian Grant. But no, 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 no. no. I don't How does know. that not look good on Janarian Grant that the ball went dead? Did he have any control of that ball? Well, he should have caught it. Come on, man. No. I think he should have caught it. But here's the thing, Darren. 
You got to see if, like, look, if your coach says, if it's going towards the end zone, let it go. It's not his fault for doing what his coach no, told but him that, to do. That one I mean, wasn't close. To that was shoot. like the, the 20 yard line. No, if I'm, if I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, no. here's what I did I because I don't, because I don't assume I'm right. Just because I have like an anecdote or, or a first reaction. I looked at the stats. Okay. How are the Bombers doing on returns? Am I maybe a little bit, I don't know, freaking out for no reason? And the answer is yes. Okay. Um, we are third in the league in kick return average. Okay. That And how about punts? Second. And okay. these are your concerns. So Mike, so I checked the stats. Ooh. Darren sends me the, the 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 stats package. You know what? We're doing Welcome okay on returns. We try to give you anxiety based on a concern. Okay, but here's the thing. Now, now uh, I'm just seeing. I'm a, 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 here, yeah, I know. I love it. But here, th this is Andrea Kohach and many other people in the Firestarters chat, and people I've talked to at the stadium, and people on our DM group, all over Twitter, have said we are not good on kick coverage and punt coverage. So I looked that up. Okay. In terms of kick coverage, we are fifth. So middle of the pack. Yeah. If you have an elite offense and, and your defense is that good and you have a great kicker, I'll take fifth. The thing that might concern you is they have the second most 40 plus yard returns on kick coverage. So that can burn you. Right, I, I'm not super concerned about it, but it could burn you. Soap opera tonight. She was right. Okay, Andy, you're Does right. Does that concern you, Firestarter? Second most forty plus yard returns, only fifth in the league in terms of uh, kick coverage on kickoff returns. If you look at punts, we're actually seventh. But here's the thing. Back. But hold what, on, what, let me finish. I, let me you? finish. Okay, go ahead. Fifth and seventh, 40, second most 40-plus yard returns. Okay, is that going to concern you? Maybe. But what ultimately matters more than field position is, is the other team scoring majors. And they simply are not. We allow the least touchdowns in the league. So, you know, this can burn you against a good team like Calgary, maybe BC when they're playing well. But... At the end of the day, we're 14 and two. And we're not allowing very many touchdowns. We we let one. And I will I'll walk back my concern on Winston Rose. I watched that touchdown to Dylan Mitchell again a mm -hmm. few times. It looked like he was in pretty decent position and he stumbled on his foot. Yeah. Stumbled on his stumbled on the turf, stumbled, you know, you know, got his foot caught These up. These players are human. Zach Kalaris throws a pick once in yeah. a while. Wonder Willie if that Jackson was Greg McCray though the running the wrong route. That, that Adam one at the end. Out of position once in a while. Yeah. Because he's a yeah. human being. Okay. <laughs> I get that they're your heroes. I get that. But players make mistakes. Coaches make mistakes. Sometimes communication is a, is is an error. Sure. Things happen. Sometimes um, even I make mistakes. Can, can I just make one comment uh, about you the? You can the get a word thing? in now, Darren, because I shut oh, you out. Thank you. Appreciate I just had to get that last part in. Well, no, it's just like like okay, look. How big is an offensive playbook? Oh, Hundreds this, of plays. How big is big. a defensive playbook? Hundreds of plays. Yeah. How big is a special teams playbook? 
I have no idea. Are there idea. hundreds of plays on kick cover, punt cover? I have no idea. There's not. There's not hundreds. I'm sure there's many, okay? Do you want to show your best cover team plays oh. during the regular season if you, you don't have playing to? Possum? You think they're playing possum? I think on cover teams? Jets every single time they step on the field. Yeah. Never put it past them. You're talking to a guy right here who can't find his car in a parking lot. So, hey. Okay. Right? Right. Um, I want to get to a couple questions here. Okay, look. We got to get to our NFL picks. And don't spoil it, Zach. But we'll get to our NFL picks. Can I just say one more thing, though, about my my concerns? Yeah. I got to get one thing. Now, I raised the stink last in, in in After Dark about Rashid Bailey seeing seeming like a sour puss on that third Dalton Schoen touchdown from Drew Brown. I looked back at the game. Bailey was absolutely locked in the whole game. He was blocking. He was celebrating with his teammates on every other touchdown. That was the only time that he kind of walked off. So I said I wasn't going to speculate, and I did speculate. I wondered if there was something going on there. Mm-hmm. But listen, Rashid Bailey is allowed to get upset. Human. This, this, this guy was someone Lawler left for the Elks. This was supposed to be our number one receiver. Ellingson comes in. He's at least thinking he's going to be, you know, right up there in terms of targets and stats and TDs. He's mostly played a supporting role and played it extremely well. I don't think he was open on that play. I looked at it a couple times. But, you know, he could maybe have been he been mad at a variety of things. He could have been. He could have been, right? It's it's correlation, but again, right? Just, who knows? Is is this is it worth talking about? I don't what think happened? so. Well, no, I'm not sure. That's why I have my sober second thought, Darren, because sometimes I freak out and then I okay. and then I What's look again and I'm like, thought? my sober second thought is meh. Who cares? If, it, if you see it again in his interviews, in his uh, conduct on the field, maybe it's a big deal. Um, Itchy Scratchy, the barbarian, great nickname is saying Bailey is clutch. Someone did point out, though, in his post game uh, after the Banjo Bowl, he's saying, like, I, I want to get all the touches I can. So does any receiver, right? Oh. But uh, anyway, th- those, are my, those are my concerns. I have a few questions. They're more fun ones. But, Darren, you, you jump in. I'll get to those in a second. Well, it's just, I, I have so many people that have, have asked some great questions on the, uh, on the bonfire hotline and, and on, uh, Twitter. Um, and then also everybody in the live chat, I've been saving a whole bunch of your questions that I want to get to, uh, as well. Um, Jason texted the hotline tonight and said, he'll be listening to the show. Uh, fine with resting Kolaris. I'm thinking he'll play a quarter or so. The last home game won't play this week. Bye. Play October 28th. Bye. And then the Western final. Uh, I think that that's well said by Jason. Um, how I kind of see it going down to Zach. What I failed to mention too, is it's not just drew Brown this week with no Zach Kolaris dressed. We're going to see a good, a fair amount of, uh, of Dakota Prukop in traditional quarterback sets, which I, I think is, is very smart. It'll be interesting to see how he does, you know, dropping back, being more of a pocket passer, Darren, because we've seen him in yep. a lot of gadget stuff, wedge package stuff, second and short. So, yay, let's see what he's got. 
Absolutely. We see what he's got. I, I think this is again, the, the feather in the bombers hat right now of locking down first with uh, three weeks in the season and two games to go. Um, Transcona Pauly asks, will Greg Ellingson play in the West final? Uh, Pauly loves the all caps. I'll tell you what caps lock can be tricky to find on some keyboards. He also uh, loves pasta pizza. <laughs> Andre Harms, uh, mentions, uh, what's the status of Drew Wolitarski? Anyone know? Well, Ellingson and Wolitarski are both not practicing, but they're running around a lot. They're catching and throwing the football a lot. Uh, Michael Shea was asked today. Do you expect Greg Ellingson to play again before the West final? And he said, I do. Does that mean he will? No, but it's a good indication. Um, Matt Carr asked uh, this question in the live chat and got a lot oh, of people yeah. uh, kind of chatting about it. Whatever happened to Taylor Loeffler, the Blue Bombers steal in the third round of the draft several years ago. Uh, Vanier Cup champion with quarterback Michael O'Connor with the UBC Thunderbirds. Uh, Taylor Loeffler signed as a free agent with the Montreal Alouettes after his time here in Winnipeg. He suffered a season-ending injury that first year, came back the next year, battled with some injuries, and then decided to uh, pack it in and, and uh, call it a, a playing career. The thing with Taylor Loeffler, the reason the Bombers got him in the third round because he was big and rangy and smart and talented and a hard hitter. He was awesome. Great football yep. player. But the scouting report on Taylor Loeffler was he's a 23-year-old in a 33-year-old's body. Yep. It was a short career for Taylor Loeffler, but I uh, played while he could and uh, played uh, extremely well. I, I, I don't think I'm mistaken in saying, like, he had a cadaver, uh, i.e. a dead person's ligament in his knee well his he knee had, was the big issue right and so he was highly touted but teams thought so many this, times. Guy, this guy isn't gonna last at the pro level because of his knee well sure enough he played great for us and then you know unfortunately um for the guy it just the knee ended up catching up with him i do want to just say uh, phyllis makes a great comment about rashid bailey there was that school shooting right and that's something i hadn't thought about so thanks phyllis so of course he's going to be much more um you know irritable upset fired easily up. fired up right so and who knows there's 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 uh there's there's bonuses players get for for achieving certain targets maybe it is the bonus maybe he wanted to send some money home like i'm not going to speculate but i appreciate you saying that phyllis because it's a really important point about rashid bailey Guys get upset on the football field for a variety of reasons. Heck, I get upset in the stands for a variety of reasons. It's easy to immediately think, yeah, right. Well, you because you trip on your stair run. <laughs> um, sometimes, like, like, players get upset for so many different reasons. It might be because a teammate who they worked with all week was like, remember, when this happens in the game, don't forget your assignment and do this. Yeah. And you work on it on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. You go out for some wings and you say, you got it? Yeah, I got it. I, oh, yeah, I got it. I got a teammate. And then you play Saturday and they forget. What are you doing? We yeah. talked about, you know, like there's lots of reasons a guy could get upset. It's easy to just. Well, and Showtime had, he nearly had that touchdown, right? Like he got tackled at what, like the three yard line on a on a screen, on a full right. blitz from Edmonton. He wanted that touchdown. Like, he was mad. He was right. mad. He may be, uh, James in the peg, he's saying he could have promised the TD there, right? To his family, to honor his family and his hometown and didn't get it, right? So yep. uh, that's why there's a sober second thought. And that's why 
two heads are better than one. Thousands of heads are better than one, right? That's why we got these fire starters, right? I love this. I'm getting smarter. And I know that's not saying much, but I'm getting smarter here. Talking to Phyllis, talking to Sandy Thompson. Go the Love it. Go long into the live chat. Good to see you, Go Long. Thanks for watching uh, on YouTube. Fun show, informative, says Go Long. Hey, that's what we're here for, man. Love having Thanks, fun. Zach, you're, you're like my favorite guy to, to talk football with. Um, so it's good to do it uh, with all you fire starters uh, yep. out there as well. There was this other question I wanted to get to. Kyle asks, who do you think is the better backup for the Bombers, Drew Brown or Dakota Prukop? Well, Drew Brown is the QB2 because he's the better quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Dakota Prukop is, is no slouch. He's got a good arm. He is a veteran. He is smart. He has great athleticism. And, you know, we've seen his ability to run a lot. Uh, we've also seen his ability to throw the football. He's a good quarterback. Edmonton didn't sign him in the offseason when Chris Jones took over. If Chris Jones saw something in him about, okay, you know, Dakota Prukup and be our starter or, or started and help us win some games, he might have considered signing him. Um, you know, maybe he did, but Prukop wanted to, you know, uh, join the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, the Blue Bombers wanted him to join here, and they came to an agreement. But Drew Brown has the higher ceiling, it, you know, for, for my dollar. Yeah. Uh, Luke Irwin has a good question. Watching live on Facebook. What's going on, Luke? Hope you're still with us. I know you asked this earlier. Uh, have we heard anything on Kyrie Wilson? If he has any shot at getting healthy by the playoffs or is his season done? We don't know if his season is done. What we do know is he's still not practicing. And we also know that Malik Clements is back practicing. So as I mentioned a little bit earlier, there is uh, Shane Goche, Les Maruo, or Maluo, if you want to say it the Japanese way. Is that right? And, yeah. Oh, yeah, they don't transport cool. ours in, in Japanese. Uh, so, yeah, Les actually, uh, I asked him that uh, coming into this year on a conference call, I think it was. And I said, how do you pronounce it? And he says, well, it's it's Maruo, because he played in the NCAA and, you know, been been in North America for a while. But it's Maluo, M-A-R-U-O. Yeah, yeah. Maluo to the Japanese. Cool. I digress. Oh, cheers. Cheers. That was a good digression. Um, um, but, uh, you know, Maluo and, uh, Gauthier and Briggs and Malik Clements and Brian Cole, who has been dressed for the last number of games for the Bombers, number 41, an American linebacker. All of those guys are options in the middle at weak side. And over these next two games, like I was talking about earlier in the strategy, they're going to move a lot of those guys in and out and, and, and give guys, uh, some opportunities. Uh, Matthew watching live on YouTube asks, have you heard if they're planning on giving Sean a rest? I asked Michael Shea about this last week. I just said, Mike, do you have conversations with guys and the, the training staff and, and the doctors and everybody, you know, like, do you have conversations about, you know, should we play? Do you want to play this and that? And, and, you know, Mike keeping his cards close to his vest as always, you know, simply said, we just, we put a roster out there to win. If yes. Mike O'Shea was asked by my by my five seven year old daughter to to play, you know, go fish, but show his cards so she would, you know, learn the game, he still wouldn't show his cards. No, won't do it. He would make won't her cry. Play. He's like, I don't show did my know, cards. Did you know Mike O'Shea wears a vest when he plays cards? Keeps him close to him. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, 
every football team has conversations with the coaches, with the players, with the support staff of if a player can go, should they go? Do we want them to go? Do we need them to go? It happens. Um, but uh, Winnipeg will never. Um, but you know what? You know what's kooky about Shone, and you saw this with Donald with Donald Rutledge because because Richie Hall talked about this uh, in an interview. He said uh, Rutledge kind of hit a wall because they're used to playing like ten uh, ten games in the college season. Have you seen yeah. that with Shone? This guy's got a motor like a you know. <laughs> I remember, you know, even when I was a kid, I played soccer and I had exercise-induced asthma, or at least that's what my I told myself because I couldn't run very long. You know, you remember that guy that was on your team that would never come off for the full ninety minutes and would run like the wind the whole time, and well, that guy in purely hockey that won't come off for a shift. Yeah. <laughs> that's a different thing. We don't know what's in his water bottle, but that's shown, right? Like, how many yeah. games? Sixteen. This guy's never played more than ten in a season. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. 10 or 11. Yeah. Okay. So should I, I don't want to interrupt the flow of comments here, Darren, but I see a lot of people wanting to talk about Rutledge on the practice roster. Yeah. What does that mean? Why did well, this happen, Darren? What, what do you think of this? In short, I, I know people don't want to hear this, but like, we don't know. It could be a variety of things. Um, yeah. You know, the, the practice roster has been uh, tweaked and adjusted a little bit. Um, they've moved guys in, they've moved guys out, they've signed and acquired via trade some players, uh, and then obviously expanded their practice roster and, and signed a bunch of guys too. Donald Rutledge, like you could extrapolate from Michael Shea's comments, generally speaking, his comments of they dress the best roster they can in order to win. Well, is that the case now that first place is locked up? Is that the case now that Zach Kolaris isn't starting? Is that the case now with other injuries, Alden Darby arriving, that sort of thing? Um, it goes again to that strategy that I talked about. Uh, Evan Holm. You don't need to replace Evan Holm with Alden Darby and keep Donald Rutledge a dime. You can put the best player at the best position, or you could put uh, the player that you want to ensure has as much preparation as possible into a meaningful game, meaningful for the opponent in the BC Lions. Um, Rutledge on the practice roster, I mean, it could be it, it could be a, a it could be a nothing story. It could be a holy cow, what did he do story? We don't know, uh, and and we probably won't. Um, so you know, Fritchie states Rutledge been in, uh, has been a revelation on defense. All star nod. Well, as an all star voter. Um, Going on the practice roster for the final month of the season tells me I don't know if he is an all-star. Uh, I, I had someone tell me uh, in in training camp that Winnipeg, um, you know, was maybe looking for an upgrade there as early as training camp. Really? Like not just because Mercy Maston went down and Donald Rutledge came in. From a layman's perspective, it appeared like Donald Rutledge played well at times this year. Lots of fans have said, you know, like Fritchie. Well, he has the right tackle there. numbers, right? But but for being a layman myself, he's playing in a DB spot. How is he doing against the pass? I don't have those stats. It's hard to find those stats. That's kind of like it's kind of like something Nick Kowalski would have would have the stats on, right? And I actually reached out to him yeah. about Winston Rose, but yeah. um, it's hard to know. I don't know how he's doing against the pass. But if he's on the PR, so does that tell you something? I don't know. Well, yeah, no, I, I think it absolutely does uh, in one way or another. Josh Wolf uh, has this comment, and uh, 
sorry for <laughs> the the video uh, image of this. Uh, but anyway, uh, Josh says, I joined late, guys, so I'm not sure if you covered this already. We haven't specifically. Uh, but he wants to know uh, our thoughts on Alden Darby taking Donald Rutledge's job at Dimeback and then uh, Desmond Lawrence taking Evan Holmes' job at halfback. Uh, it could go that way. I think it will be Alden Darby playing at the dime. Uh, Desmond Lawrence... Uh, could take that halfback job from Evan Holm. I think it's more likely that they're moving a lot of things around at practice right now. Uh, and today was the only open practice. So our only chance to have eyes on the team. Um, Dietrich Nichols, the human tarpaulin, because he covers everything. He uh, was excused today for a personal reason. Uh, so he did not practice. Jamal Parker moved over to that halfback spot next to Winston Rose. And Desmond Lawrence lined up at that uh, cornerback spot next to Evan Holm. Hmm. So, again, contingency plans. Work a guy at corner. Work him at half. Work him at dime. Uh, do different things so then if you need them in a pinch, you can say he's played there before. He's ready to go. Great oh, Fritchie's, Fritchie's saying Nichols' dad passed away. So, oh, okay. Huge condolences there. Thanks for letting us know, Fritchie. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, sure. That's hope, a real uh, tough one. Yeah. Uh, am I the human tarpaulin of, of Winnipeg media? I mean, I'm covering the Jets this weekend. Uh, You're covering everything, buddy. The, the, yeah, right. Can football, you? Uh, Bison's volleyball and basketball <laughs> I've been doing lately too. Football as well. Look, I, I want to mention this to, to people right now. The Winnipeg Rifles lost their first two games of the season against the two best teams in the conference. They lost both of those on the road. They came home. They won three straight games, including over the Saskatoon Hilltops, who are the perennial powerhouse. Regina, they then lost two. So they won, They lost two games. They won three games. They've lost two games. They are three and four, and they are still a top 10 team in the Canadian, in Canadian Junior Football League. That's BC, Ontario, and the Prairie Provinces. They are still a top 10 team. They are that good playing against some of the best teams in the league. That's why their record shows like this. You want to be at IG Field on Sunday afternoon. 3 p.m. kickoff. It is the Rifles and the Edmonton Wildcats, a team that has really struggled this year. So we're expecting the Rifles to capture a win, punch their ticket to the postseason. The winner of the Prairie Football Conference will host the Canada Bowl this year. It could be at IG Field. It could be at the Winnipeg Rifles. Brand new facility that's not even finished yet at Maple Grove riflesfootball.com you can find them on all the social media channels at riflesfootball there's our good friend scott roger whose son is an outstanding receiver uh bryce is what i hear quarterback he is leading the country in passing the receiving court is stacked the O-line is really good. Uh, they have a good run game with Brady Meeks and others, but this Winnipeg Rifles team can throw the lights out. You want to watch them. Get down to IG Field this weekend, Sunday, 3 p.m. kickoff. If you can't make it down and you'd rather listen to some dummy do the play-by-play, self-deprecating, of course, uh, I will have the call on cjfltv.com. But big shout-out to the Rifles. Oh, Rifles. Brother. 
I, I was I was playing soccer with my son in the in the yard the other day, and and DB was covering it. He's like, he just can't get enough. He he showed up with a microphone, uh, talked to me. You know, what's it like to be playing with your son here? You know, being one and oh this week uh, against the hedge and the fence and the neighbor's dog. You know, he he just he does it all. But he is he's an all star. Stop self-deprecating, buddy. Stop no. self-deprecating. No, I don't know about that. Every time uh, you self-deprecate, I'm going to do a stupid dad joke like I just did. And uh, by the way, Scott, uh, Scott Roger, I hope Toronto's treating you well. Fun place to visit. Um, Darren, where do you see this? So where do you like it? Maybe this is too early and we'll talk about this another time. Mm-hmm. But if, if it's November 13th and you're looking at the starting secondary of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers... Do you have a sense of that umbrella, that that five man umbrella back there, and what we'll see? If you had to put I, money on next it. two games, will be indicative of that. Like how yeah. Evan Holm plays, how Desmond Lawrence plays, how Alden Darby plays, how Jamal Parker plays. Uh, if Dietrich Nichols plays, even Winston Rose, um, we'll see. Yeah, but I mean, if I had to pick today. We'll see what Desmond Lawrence can do over the next two games. Yeah, that's the big one, right? And he has experience. I want experienced guys in my starting yeah. secondary. So, yeah, I probably want Alden Darby at dime. I probably want um, uh, Desmond Lawrence and uh, Jamal Parker uh, and, and Winston Rose and obviously Brandon Alexander at safety. Um, I, I want Nichols those guys. Yeah. I, I want the veteran crew. But we'll see. Can you imagine if the starting linebacking core was Adam Big Hill, Alden Darby coming back at dime, and Wilson coming back? Oh, baby. Well, we'll see. We'll see about we'll Kyrie see. Wilson. I would and love to the see Kyrie back is good. I think, you know, like, give him some action this week. Uh, you know, he might not even roster, but if he does get him a little action this week, get him a little action in that, that final game and make sure, uh, he's ready to start and and play the majority of the snaps, uh, in the playoffs. By the Um, way, folks, sorry. I called, I called Casey sales, Marcus sales last week. And after dark, I apologize. Darren was nice enough not to correct me because he likes chocolate ice cream. He does. Eh? Yeah. Okay. I do too. uh, I do too. Yeah. Uh, is Evan home fast enough to play strong safety? Yeah. He's a kicker turner. He's absolutely fast enough. Will he? No, they're not moving Brandon Alexander from that. No, spot. they're not moving the BA. They're yeah. not moving BA. Oh, can I ask? Okay. Can I, can I just finish? Cause I know we, we probably got to wrap it up soon and, and get to we our, do. we got to get to our picks too. We got to get to our picks. So here, here's a question for the fire starters. We don't have to get into it now. And for you, Darren and any listeners, um, who wins the rushing title? Oh, can you carry? Does Brady Oliveira have a shot? He's Maybe. not that far behind. Maybe. Does Calgary yeah. only have two games as well? Like over the next couple of weeks, like Bonfire Midweek, we're going to do it through the bye week. Yeah, Probably both bye point. weeks, right? We'll get okay. a playoff preview special going, uh, you know, in, in early November ahead of the West Final. Next week, following this game, I think we should probably do our, our season awards ballots and that sort of thing. So um, you're... You'd call this premature ejaculation? Whoa. (laughs) I just thought of that. I get a happy honker for that one. Nothing foot nothing. (laughs) 
Because who's going to be the passing yards leader? McLeod Bethel-Thompson, Zach Galaris, receiving touchdowns and yards. Is it going to be shown? Is is Rhymes going to catch him? Let's see. Doesn't matter. It's going to be fun. Doesn't matter. Oh, we'll I'm, I, it matters to me. I, I like thinking about those things. I like chopping that up. Okay. Okay, so you want to quickly do our um, uh, NFL and CFL picks. I'll be honest I don't, with you. I, I don't haven't even, even looked it. at the NFL slate this I week. I knew you hadn't, and you say that just to rub it the F in because you know I'm 0-6. And, and you're like, Zach oh, I haven't Schnitzer even looked. Zach is 0-6 in his NFL picks it. here oh, on Bonfire Midweek. Let me just look now. If you want to win money, <laughs> you take the exact opposite of this guy right here. Let me just look at the picks right now, and I'll, I'll pick one, and I'll be 75%. I'll just, oh, just let me have a gander. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, sure. Then I try and so, copy your picks, and I'm still freaking wrong. Okay, so you picked the Chargers to cover three at Cleveland. They lost wrong. by two. You yes. picked the Rams to cover four and a half at Dallas. They lost by 12. Oh, Gregory picked- loves every minute of this because he's a, he's a diehard Dallas Cowboy fan. Yes, and I yes, always he throw is. shade at the Cowboys. I picked the two primetime games. I have, uh, I had Cincinnati to, uh, Cincinnati plus three. They lost by two. So they indeed hit. That was my win of the week. I lost on the Kansas City Chiefs. I had them to cover seven. Told they ended up winning by two. In Las Vegas. So Zach, you are 0-6 on the year. Yeah. I am four and two after my second straight one in one week. I was uh I was doing well for a while there, but uh, I gotta say though, like like yeah, pick the tail, Zach. Scott Rogers. (laughs) Uh four and two is pretty good. You look at those expert picks on like if you Google like expert picks, they're they're usually no better than five hundred. So I'm gonna pull up pretty good. uh, If you want to make some money, just follow Darren. I should really just be no, texting you. If you, you want to make some week. money, follow Zach and then do the opposite. You'd be six be and oh, baby. SIA.com slash bonfire. Tons of fun. Futures. You want to bet on the Grey Cup. You want to bet on props. You know, is Dalton Schoen going to get an anytime touchdown? Throw 10 bucks right. in. Right. Uh, my buddy Steve NHL Berea, section 128. He, he was throwing 10 bucks here, five bucks there. It's all good fun, right? As long as you know where to stop. Let's not forget that the NHL season has begun. And if you want to bet on the Jets to like make the playoffs or those sorts of things, you can find all types of goodies on SIA.com slash bonfire. They've got um, uh, bet boosters or odds boosters. They've got tons of of different parlays and things that you can do. Um, And what you do is go to SIA.com slash bonfire. Do it now. Sign up, make a deposit. They match your deposit for up to $500. So if you put 500 bucks in, you'll have $1,000 to bet with in your account. You can't pull that extra 500 out, but you can bet with it like it's real cash. Uh, you won't find that anywhere else. Sports Interaction is Canada's uh, is a Canadian casino and uh, it is Canada's sports book. Uh, so go check them out, sia.com slash bonfire. You will not find a match uh, bonus like you will up to $500 on SIA.com. And it helps us at Bonfire, folks. And I think it's an Indigenous-run company. Is that right, Darren? Yeah, so I that's also super cool. Yeah. yeah, so we want um, to support those kinds of things. So do you have your NFL picks? Is I that- do have my NFL picks. And, you got to uh, give them to me because I got to pick two from outside of it. 
Yeah, just pick right now, and you'll probably go two and zero or one and one at the very worst. Do you got the Cincinnati Royals? Yes. You can have Cincinnati. I've got the Niners minus five and a half to cover at home against the Falcons. A little bit injured. Okay. Uh, Sorry, San Francisco is in Atlanta. Oh, they're in Atlanta. (laughs) Whatever. I whoever I already said it, so I'll I'll say the Niners win by five and a half or more. The Niners are are on a hot streak here. I think they're looking pretty good. I'll write I'll write that down. Please don't write it down. San Fran (laughs) minus Jeff Cabilla's Bears Commanders tie game. You could bet on that on SAI.com and and make a pile of money. I'm not going to be watching that game. Um, so I've got the Niners covering the five and a half against the Falcons. Uh, and then I've got the Browns covering two and a half against the Patriots. Cleveland Browns. Where is that here? Uh, Browns at home. Yeah. So you got, so I got that part right. Yeah. You're going minus two and a half in the dog pound. Uh, rookie quarterback, whatever yeah. his weird name, whatever is. his weird name is, versus New England. Um, okay, yeah, okay. going on the road to the dog pound. I think I think the Browns can cover two and a half. Usually, the home team gets three. Um, I think I'm going to win that one. The Niners, who knows what the Falcons? Who who the heck knows what they're going to be doing? Right, like the Falcons are a weird team, but uh, they, what do they I know? Here. If you're smart, bet the opposite. But who knows? Maybe I go two and zero. Oh. Maybe I go two and zero this week, Darren. You got work to do. You got I work. Do have to a do. lot of work uh, to do. <laughs> I'm like, again, this is first look. I've I've already looked at the the CFL lines for this week. You and I did. Did you and I? We did our CFL lines last week. How did we do? Uh, you know, dude, I wasn't even writing them down. We should be writing them down. Well, you and, and I, I went opposite. Last. Opposite. Yeah, of I think other. we did. I think. Did you pick Ottawa? You probably did. You. I picked Ottawa to cover. Right? Yeah, okay. Well, they won, so you won well, that bet. They did. I think um, we did go opposites. I picked I believe I did pick Toronto. I I picked the Bombers. I think I think we both said the Bombers wouldn't cover, so we were both wrong. Um and I I'm think you sure. picked Hamilton and I think I picked Saskatchewan, so I was wrong on that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure about that. Okay. So I am going to take I'm going to write this down right now. My first pick, I am going to take uh, Cincinnati to cover two in New Orleans. So that's Cincinnati minus two at New Orleans. Um, and I know they got uh, they got Alvin Kamara back, but um, I just I got a good feeling about that game. I think Cincinnati's uh, heating up and, and going to win that division. Uh, I mean, Jacksonville Indy intrigues me. I think Jacksonville plus two would, would be a nice one. That's a decent one. Jacksonville's hard yeah. to figure out, and it's against your boys, the Colts. Jets are in Green Bay. They're riding a high, but I don't know if I want to touch that one. Tampa yes. is an eight-point favorite at Pittsburgh. And they're well, Pittsburgh just got it. curb stomped by the Bills. I don't know, man. Yeah, well, Pittsburgh's... Mitch got... Trubisky? No, they're playing Kenny Pickett. Oh, are they? <laughs> yeah. Trubisky. Uh, cards, at... cards are favored in Seattle. Mm. I think I yeah. might take that one. Yeah. Uh, the Panthers fired their coach. They're 10 point dogs at the Rams. That's a big number. There might be some value there for, for people out there that want to get on SIA.com slash bonfire. 
Uh, but make sure you sign up through that link. That is that is important. Uh, Gregory's Dallas Cowboys are six point dogs in Philly against the undefeated. That's Eagles. That's going to be a good game. Broncos Chargers. Ooh, I do like that Monday nighter. I think Chargers minus four and a half. I think I like that against game. the Broncos. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good one. I, I should have picked that. The Chargers let have been me a down. little bit up and down this year, but yeah. at home, the Broncos offense is just stinky bad. Like, oh, it's terrible. At Russell Wilson can't can't figure it out. Um, do I want let Chargers? Russ cook? Hey, let Russ cook. Let Russ cook. Yeah, I'm gonna, well, take, I'm gonna take the Chargers. I'm gonna take the Chargers minus four and a half at home to the Broncos. You jerk! I should have okay, seen that. Okay, so to one, recap. Zach, you are taking San Francisco minus five and a half at Atlanta, and yep. you're taking Cleveland minus two and a half at New England. I will remind you that you have taken favorites th- uh, th- with the majority of your picks outside of one. All right. Okay. Including picking you, the last time you didn't take a favorite, you took Jacksonville to cover uh, or, or plus 6.5 at Philly. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, okay. So you got San Francisco minus five and a half at Atlanta, Cleveland minus two and a half at new England. I have got Cincinnati minus two at new Orleans. Is that right? Yep. Where's it? Two and a half. Well, you're gonna have to go to SIA.com slash bonfire and, and find out it is Cincinnati minus two at New Orleans, and then I've got the Chargers to cover four and a half at home against the Denver Broncos. Uh, Those are your picks here on, on Bonfire Sports. Trent's going saying, don't gamble, Zach. Well, hey, on SAI.com, I'm doing okay. I, I just am sticking all right. to the CFL now. You're doing all right. Yeah, no question. Um, so look. On SIA.com slash bonfire, what you can do is bet on hockey. You can bet on futures, you can bet on props, and you can bet on the games, including the Winnipeg Jets opener at home on Friday night against Jacob Truba, the captain of the New York Rangers who are in town. Um, And on that note, Zach, should mention, we have got Jets coverage coming to Bonfire Sports. It's a little bit different. Kenny and Rennie have an awesome show. A legal curve. They've been doing it forever. Awesome show on the weekends. Hustler has great hockey guests. What we're going to do here on Bonfire Sports is a little bit different. I hope everyone out there likes it. It's going to be short. It's going to be consistent. Uh, and I think I'm going to do it live. I think I should. Uh, but it's going yeah. to be much more of a news-driven uh, show than a conversation driven show like we we do here with midweek and the pregame and the postgame uh, and the rest on game day that sounds awesome buddy i mean i i can't hold a candle to anybody with jets talk but uh i would uh i look forward to news and and learning more and uh all i can say is i hope this team uh, turns it around because it's it's a shame in a place like winnipeg that we have a team that had a locker room like they did last year and the the just the internal issues, right? And hey. uh, yeah, but hey, if if you're not a hockey fan, let Darren make you one. He could he can do it. He could do it. He's made me a Rifles fan. <laughs> well, the Rifles are awesome, man. You want to well, be a how Rifles? Can you not be a fan? Well, I think people. Let before we get to uh, to our uh, CFL rapid fire, let me just uh, 
Let me just tease the first uh, piece of four for the holiday package from TSB, our friends at the Sports Vault, Winnipeg-based sports licensing company, only, only global licensee in Winnipeg. Of course, you can find all of their stuff at Fanatics, at, uh, at the Bomber Store, of course, on Amazon, located on King Edward across from Torque Brewing. Great people over there, David Thompson and, and, and the bunch. Um, wait, wait, wait. The David Thompson? The David... Well, not the David Thompson. He's actually the third David Thompson I know about. Holy cow, really? Yeah, man. Not, not the billionaire of uh, Thompson no. Reuters. No, okay. Pro Hockey Life, Walmart Shoppers, uh, Wholesale, Customer Purchasing Direct, Sales at the sportsfault.com number one stop for all promotional drinkware. And since we're talking about hockey, Darren, we have a nice Ooh. ceramic Jets cup home jersey jets cup beautiful the sports fault you can see it right here on the camera right yeah so this is the first of four in our holiday tsv package thanks to our friends and uh it includes some an actual holiday item for for uh for a hanukkah bush or christmas tree which i'll which i'll (laughs) show you in a couple weeks so they gave us four sweet items and uh I wanted to keep them all for myself, but uh, we'll pick a winner. It's a nice mug, just like Darren over here, just like me. Nice mugs. Uh, nice. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you call it. Do you call it like a sculpted ceramic mug? Because it's kind of raised. Yeah, like a little the, concave there. A little yeah, it's, it's a bit raised there with the, uh, with the Jets logo. Nice grip. Nice weight to it. You know, if you're and if you're a coffee drinker like me, you want a bigger cup, right? So yep. this is a nice cup of coffee. Or whatever you want in there, and then of course, if you look on the side here on the handle, you've got the uh, the I don't know if you call that their third logo or sort oh, of the, the word shoulder. Mark. Yeah, the word mark there, which is nice. pretty cool. So, so yeah, it's a nice looking mug. Nice looking mug. A package. Yes. Not just a mug we're gonna give away. Oh, there's three other items. It's gonna there's there's a holiday themed item. There's there's one item you might want for the Western final. Uh, that's going to keep you warm. And then the last item is the real star. Um, I'm not even going to tease it. You are teasing. Yeah. The last item is a real star. David, David showed me that a few, a uh, few weeks ago before, and then he, he actually gave it to me. So it's a, it's a real cool uh, bombers item. Okay. So last thing we've got to get to, and uh, do want to mention uh, we're going to do a partnership uh, with Shannon's Irish pub. If you've never been, I I don't know what part of Winnipeg or or what kind of Winnipeg you say you are. It is an institution (laughs) on Carlton, uh, just a stone's throw from true North square and, uh, Canada life center. They've got the bomber game on, they got the jets game on a great place for wings before or after the game, just an awesome atmosphere, great food, uh, go see Gerard and the gang. Tell them DB sent you. Uh, we got uh, some fun things planned with them uh, in the coming months. Um, and on that note, Zach, uh, final thing for SIA.com slash bonfire. Let's do our CFL week 19 rapid fire to wrap up the show here. It starts with a Friday night double header. Montreal in Ottawa. <laughs> the Alouettes favored by three and a half. Who do you like? I'm going to take the Alouettes. I, I I just can't imagine Ottawa beating them again. I think teams get, uh, oh, wait, this is rapid fire. 
Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Montreal. I'm going to say Ottawa keeps it a three-point game. So I've got Ottawa okay. plus three and a half. Okay. To be contrarian to you. Sure. Hamilton is in Calgary for the second game of the Friday nighter, and the Stampeders are favored by seven and a half. Will they win by more than a touchdown, Zach? I'm going to say yes, they do. Okay. I'm glad you said that because I'm going to, again, go against you. I think Hamilton uh, plus seven and a half. I think Calgary will win by seven or less. Uh, okay. Saturday, Toronto in Edmonton. The Argos have something to play for. The Elks, eh, not really. The Argos are favored by six. I'm going to take the Elks. <laughs> really? Yes. Okay. Like I said last time, Ottawa is the worst, best team I've ever seen. I have no idea. They're on the road. Edmonton, you mean Edmonton's the worst best team? You've no, ever Toronto is the worst. This leads the, 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 okay, the division. Who are the Toronto Argonauts? I think the Argos, the last time they went to Alberta, they scored two points against Calgary. I think they're going to come out pissed off and uh, we'll win by a touchdown. So I got uh, Toronto okay. minus six. You got Edmonton plus six. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the final game, Winnipeg at BC. This number has dropped, I believe, as of late. It's currently the Bombers by uh, our one and a half point underdogs in Vancouver. One and a half point underdogs. Yes, they so are. So it's basically a pick of it, one and a half. I would say the Bombers will give them a run, but they will really have a lot of backups in there trying different things. I think BC's hungry. I think BC takes it. I hate to say it. You think BC will win by two or more? Yeah. Or sorry. Yeah. Yes. Basically. You think BC will more. win? Yeah. So it's Winnipeg plus 1.5. This morning on SIA.com, prior to Bombers practice, Winnipeg was two and a half point favorites. They're now one and a half point dogs. You've Must got be the Brown thing, eh? Yeah, so you're taking BC minus one and a half? Yeah. Um, I'm with you there. Okay. I'm with you there. No, you know what? I'll, I'll stick with the contrarian to you. <laughs> I'll stick with the contrarian to you. I'll take Winnipeg plus 1.5. You just have to needle me, buddy. No, Zero and six. You and I go against each other two straight weeks on every single game. We just have to remember. We have to write down what we picked. You write it down. I'll I have no brain. I've been at home with both kids all day, sick at home. No, I know you. You got a hell of a human being. You gotta. You gotta get some rest, man. Oh, look I, at this! I, the Habs beat the Leafs. That's great. I like to needle yeah. my cousins in Toronto. It's, it's one of the most wonderful times of the year great when uh, hockey starts up and and football's still going, going into the postseason. Uh, it's going to be a really, really fun next three weeks ahead of the uh the playoffs and the next four weeks ahead of the west final uh here in winnipeg on november 13th this is fun zach yeah buddy great show thank you fire starters uh absolutely stoking the bonfire this week as uh, always chopping wood stoking it uh you know keeping fanning the flames let's go hey thanks everybody appreciate you joining us uh be sure to support our sponsors here on bonfire sports uh the sports vault uh joe daly's has always been great to us sia.com slash bonfire go now sign up get that 
really fat bonus. Uh, it, you can't miss there. Shannon's Irish Pub. We're looking forward to uh, telling you more about them uh, in the future, but you can't miss them. Uh, very eclectic spot on Carlton uh, in downtown Winnipeg. Uh, but on that note, thanks, Zach. Appreciate it, buddy. And uh, better luck this week with your NFL picks. Yes, we'll see you all next Wednesday and enjoy the surprise guest or guests, people that aren't loser dads like me who can stay up past midnight. <laughs> enjoy the show. I will be catching it the next day while I'm folding uh, laundry or throwing out poopy diapers. Game Day Winnipeg with the legendary Chris Walby coming up Friday. Post game is Game Day After Dark with myself and surprise special guests. Wait, we wait, 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 wait. Next week on uh, Bonfire Midweek. So is the Walby is 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 a Game Day Walby? Is it still at happy hour? Or are you going back to three o'clock? Oh, I don't know. We're we're going to talk about it. He's a hard man to pin down. He can be in more <laughs> ways than one. Have a great night, everybody. Take care. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>